0: afternoon everybody it's the uh forever bristol city podcast um i'm ian i'll be chairing it today on the pod we've got thomas neil and uh mark now uh if i start with you mark uh in about a minute can you sum up today's game in your own words
1: yeah sure, yeah, sure. um a first after a first half that uh, threatened to pass and by completely, uh City aided by some adrenaline but little composure managed to claw themselves back into the game and get a deserved draw uh thanks to Antoine Semenyo. But there was little uh, little control over the way they played. Uh Joe Joe Williams made a good cameo appearance, Zach Viner didn't do it at the back, and uh, Naki Wells tried his hardest, but really With a full-strength side out, City move no further forward from the performances of the last few weeks and a relegation struggle struggle, uh, is ensuing unless we get some fresh blood through the door in January.
0: Smashing. Thanks, Mark. Uh, Thomas, your first time on the pod today and I don't think you'll mind uh, me telling everybody that you're from a younger generation, not us old blokes that are normally on there. As a, as a younger man, how did you um, how did you see the game today? What was your opinion of it in a in a summary format?
2: A uh, very passive first half, um, where there was a lot of second ball losing. I thought James first half particularly looked very mobile in midfield, and they looked very athletic with Alan Grimes and Cullen, who I thought was good today in midfield. Uh, they just passed around us. They would, you know, get us in press. Uh, we'd have a disjointed press, and then they would just tap it around us, and it would be very easy to play through our midfield. Second half, we looked more aggressive, more on the front foot, more proactive, and we, I think, stamped our dominance rather than letting them control tempo, which was the difference, I think, in the second half today. Uh, And obviously, Semenyo to get the goal, which I'm sure we'll get on to. I thought from there, we could have almost pinched the winner, but yeah, a lot better second half.
0: Yeah, some some great comments there, uh, particularly like what you said about them passing around our press. Neil, was that why you think Nigel Pearson changed the formation, the shape, the tactics in the second half?
3: Well, I was was pretty surprised when he came out and actually he went to four at the back end. And wow, what a difference in a way, because after about 15 minutes, we could see that they were making Joe Allen seem like some sort of messy in midfield. Uh, The amount of times that we were dipping out of challenges, not being aggressive, not being on the front foot, by pushing Naismith up into the middle, just denied him that space of dribbling through. I think Cabango going off at half-time was a big blow for them because I think Darling isn't half the player that Cabango is. And uh, and I think he was bringing the ball forward from the back a lot more, a lot more composure. Um, But the change of formation, the change of mentality... I thought we actually defended well during the game, aside from the goal that we'll get to. Um, I think they had one, two shots on goal. Really, I don't think Max had much to do in the game. But midfield and uh, a disjointed forward line, I would say.
0: Yeah, thanks. I mean, my my, um, switch your mic off, whoever that is. Um, I think. Uh, My take on the game is that in the first half we showed what's wrong with us and in the second half we showed what is possible if we get the right players in the right positions, the right tactics because Swansea have been playing the way that they played today for the last 20, 25 years, so it couldn't have been a surprise. And one assumes we've had Swansea watched. So we knew how they were going to play and we just got Mullard in midfield. Uh, in the first half because typically they'll have five in the midfield against our two or at best four so my my take on the on the game is why did uh, whilst you can credit Pearson with making the changes he did at half time uh, in terms of the, the setup why set up in the way he did in the first that would be the question that I would ask so we'll go on to the the goals. Mark, do you want to talk us through uh, Swansea's goal?
1: Yeah, I think um, uh, Viner arrested, rescued us a minute minute before by making a decent tackle, but uh, Atkinson tries to play the ball out of defence and plays it straight to Cullen and then he's the wrong side of the ball and he just passes across the box to Joel Pirro at the back. Max has got no chance and he just hammers it into an empty net. Uh, Simple simple as that. It was just trying to play out from the back. Atkinson didn't look at all, played it straight to Cullen. Uh, You know, everybody's the wrong side of the ball and Cleo's got an open goal.
0: I I actually think he did look and he was trying to give the ball to Zach Viner, but he mishit it and it went straight to a Swansea player that was in the box. Um, So, I mean, you could say... That that made it even worse. But it's, as Matthew said on here, he 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 miskicked it, and that's what he did. And I think, in fairness to Rob Atkinson, after that, uh, I'll agree with Neil. I think we defended well from set pieces, although there weren't many of them, and we said we defended reasonably well in open play. And you can see why Swansea are where they are, despite playing, you know, maximising possession. They haven't really got much of a cutting edge, uh, have they? Have they, Neil?
3: No, obviously Martin's had a bit of a falling out with uh, Oberfemi and, uh, and Patterson is a bit persona non grata. Perrault was quite quiet today. He's a decent striker. He didn't play in the home game, in the league game. But he makes a difference. But as Thomas said, the, the runners from midfield, Fulton, Cooper, Cullen, they <clears throat> particularly first half, the pace in which they attacked, counterattacked. we haven't got anything like that. You know, we've got the three up front that are so, so speed. Uh, Scott is got a bit of pace, but James's legs have, have just gone, haven't they, really? So um, when we would get the ball and we would break forward, invariably we would have to stop, put our foot on it, pass it back or pass it sideways. Whereas they attacked in such a way that with a decent centre-forward <laughs> playing centrally, It might have been a different result, but yeah, we're so slow in, aren't we? So slow in transition. You know, the ball doesn't get zipped around, and second half was a lot better, but it's still ponderous.
0: Yeah, that's the word that I I I, I use. Is that um, someone said here? No fluidity, painful, Um, and they're perfectly correct. Um, Yet you wouldn't say. Wells is slow you wouldn't say Semenyo is slow um although Andy Andy Viman also seems to be an absolute shadow of the player he was last year I did, he was last year he was a 10 out of 10 player this year I'd probably give him a 4 uh but but Thomas you, looking at the second half now um mm. do you want to talk us through uh City's equalizer
2: um so the goal came from Uh, getting balls into the box and taking advantage of, you know, the pace and transition, which we were very slow in the first half. Second half, I thought we moved the ball a lot quicker and a lot... I think first half there was a lot of misplaced passes and we we gave the ball away very poorly, I think. Second half when we got our foot on the ball, you know, we only gave Swansea 53% possession in the second half uh, compared to their 60-odd first half. Um, So the ball came in. Uh, from Vyman first-time cross and Semenyo's just headed it directly into the ground and I think that's caught the keeper off guard who at first I thought oh I I think he should have saved that and upon further you know replays I think he definitely should have saved it actually but um it makes up for the mistake we made first off but I thought we deserved the goal actually on the run of the play
0: yeah I I think he's He's headed the ball um he's headed the ball into the Semenyo's headed the ball into the ground because it wasn't much of a cross from Vyman He he just clipped it into an area um, and he's headed the ball into into the ground and the, the keepers dived down to to get it. If you like, the if you're playing cricket, you call it the pitch of the ball. But he's gone for that and the ball's just absolutely bounced over his hands into the net. So, I mean, but two lucky goals. We've got a replay now and that's going to be over it. I think they still call it the Swansea City Stadium. I can remember when it was Vetchfield. Um and that's going to be, I think, in 10 days' time. So it's going to be between the next two, two home games. Now, my my view was there was two things that we didn't want out of today's game when I saw the, the team we picked. One was injuries, and the second was a replay. So, Mark, what's, what's your views on the injuries? Um, and they seem to be uh, uh, a hamstring to Conway. And Pearson said, well, Tom has felt his hamstring, so we'll have to see how that is. It didn't look incredibly serious when he walked off the field. And I'd say the same when I saw Andy Vindman walking off the field. But what's your thought on, on the replays, Mark, and the injuries?
1: Well, it's games that we don't want. Um, you know, neither neither team want an, another game in, in in a very busy schedule. So it's a it's a game neither team want. We got two home games coming up, and we could do with maximum rest, really, of a week between them. If they got tight hamstrings, you know, a week a week would be okay for the uh, for the Birmingham game, which is going to be a physical battle. We know that. Um, so we haven't even got you know we haven't. It doesn't look like we have got the benefit of bringing in uh, the choice of bringing in you know uh, Chris Martin because he's sort of persona non grata. And there's nobody with that physicality to, to to bring in as an option off the bench at the moment, so we're really struggling for players, aren't we? Uh, Sam Bell, he's he's another player who, who you know who, who really needs the ball in behind. Uh, who's you know he's got pace, but he's he's not really a, a centre forward who can can hold the ball up. No, I so, think I think Nigel this...
0: Pearson's Niger Pearson's wishing a bit with uh, uh, with Sam Bell, and I and I, I think. He he needs to go out on loan. Is is what he needs. I think he's developed as much as he's going to develop here. But he needs regular league football if he's but, going to improve. But who um, we
1: who who have we got? I mean, we're we're struggling for players. I think mean, we need. Can, have we got without selling Semenyo and uh, and Scott or one or the other? And I think looking at Semenyo leaving is a long way off. Scott maybe if somebody takes a punt on him and it's the figure that we want. I mean, we will be asking for a ridiculous fee. Uh, for a player that's un- under contract on potential, really. Uh, have we got a financial wiggle room to bring in some players on loan? Uh, after selling Riley Towler and possibly maybe writing off, uh, letting Tim Closer go uh, by mutual consent, maybe, and Chris Martin moving on, have we got the the wiggle room right now to be able to bring players in?
0: Well, people, I, the point I always make is, was not saying, well, we'll sell this bloke, we'll let this bloke go, and... If you let somebody go by mutual consent, you normally have to pay off pay off their contract, so that that doesn't actually save you any or a lot of money. So uh, Chris Martin, I think one of the reasons that he and Closer aren't in the squad could be that Martin got a, a contract last year on the basis of he played so many games. Uh, and breaking news: City had been drawn home against Chesterfield or West Brom. So th- that's hardly <laughs> that's hardly a tie that's going to get the pulses racing. Um, so no, I, I I I think they can't if if it's that's the reason if they can't play any more games because the club doesn't want them to give them a new contract next season then that puts them in the land of the banish with Semenyo and with three players out with long term injuries uh, that's Calas. Ben Roos, we know is missing for the season, um, and uh, Kane Wilson, who's not going to be back until roundabout Feb. Um, we have got a very small uh, squad to choose from, and uh, that's another reason we didn't want injuries. But move, moving off those onto uh, the crowd, Neil, did you hear what the attendance was today? 12,100. Twelve thousand one hundred, but that's actually more than I I thought it was going to be, and we do know that that's genuine because this week it would have been all pay, but that's with half thousand from Swansea. I, I actually thought it would be about
1: eight or nine.
3: So, if you if you've you seen about the queues outside, Ian, I
1: I heard so, about that round to Wix Some a guy next to me, a load of people came in late. Yeah. So yeah, they
3: so were getting so, handwritten had handwritten tickets. If you yeah. look online on Twitter, they were having to handwrite them out and all yeah, the rest of it because the club couldn't cope.
0: That That is appalling. That really is. And for a club that's so pleased with itself about its infrastructure, its stadium, and apparently this isn't the first time it, that that's happened. It happened at the Lincoln game. was another game when they had lots of problems. I mean, with season ticket holders, did they just um, charge the amount or or activate uh, a credit on your season ticket so you could go to the game, or did you have to physically buy
1: and print a ticket?
3: I had to buy and print ticket.
1: Yeah, I bought bought and printed mine as well, but I bought mine on Friday. I think there was a, a window, but I don't know i mean pre, in previous years you could put it on onto your uh your season ticket. I don't know if that option is is available perhaps uh listeners will be able to tell us but yeah people- there were people arriving uh in w sixteen where I am in a Lansdowne stand after about twenty minutes on mass and a guy showed us his uh his uh uh marker pen written written um uh, ticket. So whether they bought them on the day, you know, it was walk up. I don't know, but it was a bit of a mess.
0: Yeah, that's. I mean, that's hugely disappointing, isn't it, for this well well run club we keep hearing about? Okay, so let's 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 look at it. We've now got this replay in amongst the two league games. Uh, Thomas, if you were, uh, I know it's going to be difficult for you, but imagine you, are Nigel Pearson. <laughs> and- how would you view view those games in terms of importance? And what 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 do you think uh, are the most important games that we've got coming up?
2: It's got to be the league games, Ian. It's got to be. I think it's now what is it eight win winless at home now? It's uh, we haven't won at home since October. It's getting you know to that stage of the season where three points is looking like a necessary thing. Um, just to get some sort of momentum going. We all, we all thought today, if we win today, that puts us in a good frame of mind. And second-up performance was good, but it, with that Swansea game, you know, you, you look at it now, I think you're going to have filled a, a weakened team um, just due to fixture congestion. These injuries that we picked up, I'm praying that they're not longer term, because, you know, we saw Naismith hobbling off at full-time as well. So if he's picked up an injury that completely... As we know from earlier on in the season, changes the way we play. Um, so yeah, I, I think you've got to prioritise the next two league games at home.
0: Yeah, I, I, I'd absolutely agree with you hundred percent, Neil. Where are you on that?
3: We we look desperately short in squad strength, Ian, at the moment. I mean, as Thomas said, from our position in the uh, prawn prawn cocktail seats today, <laughs> the um, <laughs> the luxury seats on the W. 13 or wherever we were from our normal E32s. The uh yeah, Naismith was hobbling around all over the place, Voyman's hobbling, oh, Con- Conway's oh, hobbling. So um Christ, yeah. What team are we putting out? You look on the bench there, the players that didn't come on. I think um three three of them all together probably add up to my age, actually. <laughs> So, that, so that's the score debt at
0: the moment, isn't it? Well, we've got, um, somebody said on here, we've still got Kalas, which we haven't because he's still injured. Masengo, who's, who's in the land of the banished. Martin Close, who, we, who we've just spoken about. So in, unless he dips into that uh, or does some very quick business, I bear it in mind if we're signing people from uh, lower league or possibly even prem clubs, they could be cup tied when they come in but well, mainly I, we need them for the league don't we
3: I, th- I think the thing is with martin being as you say persona non grata conway picking up an injury today even if it's a hamstring even if he's being optimistic that's a few weeks isn't it that's a few weeks yeah so Semenyo leaving now i'm not sure can you know if you take Semenyo out conway's injured Martin's out, then you're talking about Bell. But then we've spoken about Bell going out on loan. To me today, he still looks incredibly lightweight. Um, Of all the players out there, you know, you're looking at them and they've all bulked up. They've been in the gym. They're physical specimens nowadays. Bell comes on. He still looks 16, doesn't he? He's the same age as Conway. But he looks like a child. And quite frankly, I know he's done well in the under-21s. But you start off with Ballon and uh, Wells up front. You're not going to get much, are you, out of those two games? So it does well, put a question what, mark on Semenya leaving the club, I think, at the moment.
0: Well, it does. Well, I mean, it it's the do old do story. Of, I always we used to say this. to people, um, it doesn't matter who goes out. It's, it matters who's still here and who comes in. And I can't see uh, the club this in the position that it is. And let's just remind ourselves in the last two years, we've lost the thick end of 70 million pounds, a 70 million pounds. Um, Kieran Maguire, voice of football, who is an expert in such matters, reckons we've got about 12 million quid of headroom uh, going towards uh, before we get a any kind of um, penalty for uh, financial fair play. So with Steve Lansdowne's wealth, that does mean he could say to Pearson, look, times are hard, things are desperate. Here's a few bob to spend. Then I, we get on to the bigger question, do we trust Nigel Pearson based on his track record, even with Brian Tinian there, to bring in the right players? What, what do you think, Mark?
1: I think the, pro- the problem is if you base it on the players that he's got, Mark Sykes um it's been it's been it's been, been injured had a lot of injuries so he's unproven uh george tanner has been played as a right wing back he's unproven he's certainly not a wing back maybe he's a uh as a as a right back you know neither lit up rob atkinson okay but the, with, with the forwards he's never really had any money but he's gonna have to shop he's gonna have to shop in in the league below uh, or abroad, I just don't know. I really just don't know, Ian, because he's never really had any any real money to spend. It's going to have to be bargain basement. So it's 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 the luck of the draw. We're 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 absolutely stretched, aren't we? If we get, if those two if if uh, both Conway and Vineman, say are out next Saturday, we really are up up against it. And then we got that replay uh, on on Tuesday week. I think we really need to take four points from the next two games to give. Nigel in some room because we've only won three out of 18 league games three out of 18 we've scored 19 goals in 18 league games after scoring six in our first 16 in our first eight games that's where the problem lies we cannot score goals and we only had another two shots on target today we, we are desperate for, for goals so we you know we need a forward and we need uh, another capable guy in midfield because I think Mass- Matty James the way he played today he looked like he shot it. Game just passed him by. So, um,
0: here's one for you, Thomas, student of the game and all that. What is Bristol City's identity?
2: Um, So, from what we see most of the time, it's the three at the back, and it looks like we try and uh, get Naismith on the ball and and work around Naismith, um, but it's not very adaptable, it seems, um, especially earlier on in Pearson's reign. And it works against teams that don't pack out the midfield, I feel. Uh, sorry, I feel. Um, and what we saw today was when Swansea packed out the midfield, the way we play with it back doesn't work because we don't have the bodies in midfield and they play around us. And today it looked second half like Pearson almost got it wrong going into the game. And he had to change it and be reactive rather than proactive. And I feel that's the story of how our identity has been over the last few years, actually, is just reactive rather than proactive. How many times do we? Go into a game and have to change how we play because we haven't started off in the right shape or or playing the right system. Um, so it is a variable, but I'd say we try and play through at the back and we try to win these second balls. Um, but how effective that is, I'm not quite sure to be honest, Ian.
0: Neil, are we are we an attacking team? Are we solid defensively? Are we strong? I mean, if if you look at Swansea, you can see what they're trying to do. Whether they can do it all the time is up for debate, but you can see how they're trying to play. So if if somebody said, well, what's Swansea's identity? You'd say straight away, well, they're a passing team and they're a possession-based team. What are we?
3: We're bloody strange this year, Ian. We're bloody strange because... Last year, with the WSM up front and the way that we played, I got it. I could understand what we were doing and the link up between it. This year, we seem haphazard in a way. We're hitting long balls down channels and expecting people to chase. And, you know, I, I, I don't quite get from an attacking perspective exactly what we're trying to do this year. I mean, we're hitting long balls up to Conway and Conway's getting bossed off the ball and hitting long balls up to Naki Wells, who's about four foot three, isn't he? And, you know, really, I don't quite get it. We haven't got the pace in the midfield, so we're not... It's very rare nowadays that we would get a midfielder that actually breaks the line. The way that Swansea today, with uh, the aforementioned Fulton, Cooper, Cullen, the way they break the line down the centre, the only one with any pace in the midfield is Scott, who intercepted quite a few balls in that first half, did read it, was the only midfielder really reading the channels, what Swansea were looking to do, but he would get the ball, he would go forward, and everybody, we've got this thing about, rather than coming towards a player and offering a one-two or whatever with the runners, we seem to run away from the ball, we seem to any any time we get anybody running through the centre, we seem to starburst. We go left, we go right, and then we spray it left, we spray it right, and and then invariably that we're having to play it back from that position because we haven't got the pace on the wings. Although Pring did well today, I felt uh, we haven't got the pace on the wings to get round the, round the back of them. So we play two wing backs who can't haven't got the pace to get round the back of their players. Uh, we play a system that basically, as Mark alluded to, we don't score goals on it. And defensively, when we went back to a four today, I thought we looked a hell of a lot better because Atkinson, I was quite surprised today, he hasn't really got much of a right foot, has he? I mean, you know how you see a a left-sided centre-back and you think, yeah, they're left-sided, they prefer it, but they're two-footed. Actually, when it comes down to it, Atkinson isn't comfortable on his right foot and and neither's Naismith. So when we're playing in a three, you kind of need a centre-back who is comfortable uh, a two-footed centre-back in the centre. You can't play a left-footer or a right-footer in that centre because other teams will just read it. And what happened was that ball out from O'Leary, sorry, going back to the thing, the ball out from O'Leary was to his right foot and his body shape was all completely wrong. And he tried to play it to, to Zach, mishit it, off balance and then they scored a course but that's what happens when you've got a one-footed player playing in the centre yeah I mean... so we're, we're trying to make a system work for us with this three three at the back and quite frankly I don't think it works we, lo- we lose out too often Ian, in the midfield battles and today was the first time actually where we changed it as Thomas said and we actually packed that midfield Naismith came on pushed up on Joe Allen, stopped Joe Allen playing, stopped him running through the midfield and dictating. And we actually started winning that midfield battle and we looked better at the back with the four. Now, if Naismith's injured, that might be a natural we go back to a flat-back four. But we haven't got the wing-backs. Tanner's not a wing-back. Sykes can't defend. So we haven't got the wing-backs on the right wing-back. I like Pring on the left. He's an upgrade on De Silva, but... I don't get why we play three at the back. I really don't.
0: No, and yeah. I think got- we, we we could play four, five, one, and you could play De Silva and Pring. You played De Silva as a fullback and you could play play pring in front of him. And that's where Sykes played for Oxford, because he was he he played as a wide right midfield player. He wasn't a full fullback or a wing back. He did play there a couple of times, but his best position is as a as a wide midfielder, or last when I say it's his best position that's where he played, but you can't play that way with three at the back. And, you know, it's not like if you said, well, I'm going to change it because it hasn't been working. Anybody's going to disagree with him wildly. Mark, we're um, we're coming up to the transfer window and we've we've touched on it. Well, we're actually in the transfer window. We're eight, eight days in nine days as of tomorrow. Um, Your Nigel Pearson what are you looking for forget about money for the time being what are you looking for in terms of the number of
1: players and the positions that you want to bring in um i like to bring in fleet free players in um if you're going he's going to continue playing with wing backs you want a right sided player uh, i think you want a central midfield player uh to replace matty james uh somebody who can pass you know who can who can carry the ball through midfield and make and make a pass? You know, tackle and make a pass, and is capable of staying fit. And you want a, a physical player who can hold the ball up, like uh, like Chris Martin. You know I think chris martin's legs have gone compared to last season, but we're missing i mean if you look at Swansea they play four two three one with Joel Perro, you know holding the ball up for the other players to bring it bring into play once they they get over the halfway line, then you know everybody attacks and they all come up as a unit. We just weren't doing that, but that would be the free the free positions I'd be looking to fill. But I think it's more in hope than expectation right now. I just don't expect anything. I I can't. I'm based on that. I can't see a big bid for Semenyo. He's certainly not ready to go into the Premier League. There's speculation. There's loads of speculation uh, about about Burnley. Scott could play in the Premier League eventually, but he's not re- he's not ready yet. But he's our most saleable asset. But people are going to want to buy buy him, aren't they? So it's speculation. You know. Yeah, Thomas. Thomas, you're you're Nigel Pearson again. Get used to it.
0: Um, <laughs> Thomas, you <laughs> that miserable? <laughs> yeah, yeah,
4: yeah.
0: You've just got a cough dismissively every now and then, and you've got the impression act. Um, who who do you want? Um, you talking, I think so, talking to
2: Steve Lansdowne,
0: Yeah, these are the players I need. Or your recruitment team led by Brian Tinian. These are the players I need.
2: Go. I think it, I think it's clear we need a right a right back or right wing back. Um, you know, we had 10 players play at like, right wing back last season and you bring in Kane Wilson so far from what you seem seen from Kane Wilson doesn't, doesn't look like he's up to it you're playing Sykes there, you haven't played Scott and Vyman there so I think that'd be your first priority um, I, in a dreamland I'd I'd get another striker in I think you've got Semenyo who is you know, he, his physical profile is nothing like you see that often uh, within strikers, you've got Wells Conway, still young, still a bit lightweight. So, if you had, a, like Mark said, a, a physical presence like Martin, um, I think potentially you need another centre-back with a closer on the way out. Callas is, is not going to be here past this season. Uh, then you're looking at Naismith, Atkinson, Viner and potentially like Joe Lowe if he comes back, but he didn't look up to it. And then you're relying on Arreo and knight LaBelle in the under-23s if they're up uh, for it. And a midfielder... Like James, I think would be good as well. I know this is a lot of players, um, but I think that's what what's needed to be honest. Because James today and all all last season, um, his legs look gone. He he doesn't have the pace to play. His mindset's still there, and technically, I think he's quite good. But it is physical. His physicals have just gone. I think.
0: Neil, uh, you're an Nigel Pearson. How many players <laughs> do you want and in what position?
3: Well, I think first and foremost, Ian, he needs to bloody wind his neck in and get some loan players in. It's nearly two years now since we've had loan players. And um, if we're not in a position to do business on permanent transfers and we've got this mindset that I will only bring players in that are better than what we have, if we haven't got the money to bring those players in that are better than what we have, then we need some loan players because that is a cheaper deal to do. And he needs to, you know, his issue with loan players, as Thomas has said, last season was just awful at right wing-back, wasn't it? I mean, you couldn't tell me that in the January January window, we couldn't bring in a, a right-back or a right wing-back on loan that would be better than playing Sam Bell there. I mean, realistically, come on. Yeah, well, and I mean, if, if you look at...
0: In fairness to Pearson, and, and I'm probably the last person to stick up for him, uh, well, apart from a guy called Mark Carter, but um, if he signed uh, George Tanner, who's a right back. He signed Kane Wilson, who's a right wing back. Um, he signed Mark Sykes, who's a wide right midfield player who's been playing at right wing back. So he's had three goes, at least, if you don't count Alex Scott, he's had three goes. Filling that role, um, and, and
3: none of them, and none of them have worked. I mean, no, arguably best our point. best, our best right wing back of the last two seasons has been Alex Scott, because he at least he scored some goals in those positions as well, which is obviously missing from his game this season. So arguably our best right wing back is been our centre midfielder. So I think yeah. that highlights an issue across the team. I mean, the the team itself certain players in certain positions look are starting to look their age and they're starting to look like uh, they're on a bit of a downward trajectory I mean Viman apart from that cross for the uh for the um for the equalizer today anonymous to me he's running around like uh, Chris honor would say like an out of control speedboat.
2: And it was there's a, no link. There's
1: a lot, a lot of the, t- the team were like that today, I think. There's I think, no Neil. link up. It, it was Mark, of, was no, yeah, there was not a lot of composure. It just looked like adrenaline, really. We we pat that midfield, we turned the ball over, but it wasn't a lot of great controlled passing and movement. It was just like. Well, when, uh, we, the charge we look, of Light Brigade, when, wouldn't it?
3: We looked like the Chuckle Brothers half the time, you know, <laughs> to you, to me, to you, to yeah. me. I'm I'm there at the half time and I turned to Thomas and I was like. For God's sake, why don't we just bloody shoot sometimes, you know, getting on the edge of the box. You take a shot, it takes a deflection or or something happens, you know. We get the ball on the edge of the box and we look right and we look left and we look to pass it round, to get in round the back or whatever. We seem to have this image of, let's score this perfect goal where we get round the sides and, and we do this. And you just think, whereas last season, it was a bit seamless. There was There was link-up play between the three of them last year and that is why... They got, I think it was something daft like, um, it wasn't just 42 goals out of 60 that we scored, but also it's about 60% of the assists. The three of them last year were working on a level whereby they, there was an understanding there, wasn't there, between Weimann, Menyo and Martin last year, that you know, you go back and you look at the goals last year and you see an understanding, you see three players working in sync with one another both scoring the goals and actually assisting one another. This year, it's like, let's hit long ball over the left, long ball over the right, let's chase onto it and then hopefully we'll get up. But they hit the long ball over the left and they hit the long ball over the right. They get up there and our midfielder are about 30 yards behind them, aren't they? And there's yeah. about two people in the box because we yeah, haven't got that the, mobility in the box.
1: Yeah, Chris Honours
0: the, the, the just, just made a point on the text where he's saying that what does it cost us if we go down? And this is a a point that I've made several times. I think it costs us um, somewhere between 11 and 13 million if we get relegated. Now, how I come up with that number is uh, lack of gate receipts, lack of away attendances, lack of commercial. And we lose out on the 9 million we get now as TV and solidarity payment, and we get about... 1.5 1.5 if we go down a division so it would be an unmitigated disaster um so let, let let's have it we we know we're i think we're broadly in agreement on what players we need some say we need four or five some say we need two or three
3: i think thomas had his as about 13 14 i think
0: was yeah it? Oh, <laughs> so, well we can all hope <laughs> but if you had um so you're steve lansdowne now um Thomas, do you uh, do you keep Nigel Pearson?
2: I do, uh, and I know it's going to frustrate you, Ian. But I, uh, I, I just think I don't see. I think it's a gamble. We haven't actually been in the relegation zone uh, under Nigel Pearson's tenure, um, and you know I, I think it would be such a gamble. We are nineteenth at the minute to change it because if it doesn't work, then where does that leave us? Um, So, I I would keep him for now.
0: Right, Neil?
2: Well, can I answer this in two ways,
3: Ian? Can I just make a point on what you were just saying and what Chris said about getting relegated? Yeah. We've spent 45 million on the stadium. We've built this performance centre. I'm not going to call it the high performance centre out of Phelan, which is probably another 12 to 15 million. So, 60 million pounds on facilities. Then in the last three four years we've spent upwards of 50 60 million pounds probably on players and then you get relegated as a prestige you're doing a sporting village you're you know you're trying to portray yourselves as a club on the up and then you allow yourself to get relegated because you haven't for whatever reason put on the pitch all the money that you've invested in the infrastructure an infrastructure that is costing us so much money that our operating costs take up about 95 percent of our turnover leaving us no money for any playing budgets because we've built all these things that cost so much money to actually run now i would stick with pearson at the moment only because i think i'm going to give him an opportunity in this window If in the next two or three weeks well two weeks we don't do anything and that will be down to the manager i'm going to call him on it if we don't do anything at the moment if you had a manager if you had a lee johnson in there at the moment going i need three or four players then i think we would get three or four players in i think if if he's working a bit intransigently saying They have to be better than what I've got. At the moment, you are going to be down to bare bones. If those injuries start hitting or you get further injuries, going into that second half of the season, it's going to be a real struggle, isn't it? And I think with it, moving forward, next two home games, I agree with Mark, we need four points minimum, I would say. You need eight games without a win at home. You haven't won at home since October. By hook or by crook, you stayed outside the top three. You drop into that top three with the squad that we have at the moment, and there's alarm bells ringing, isn't there? Oh, big So stuff. I would say, I would say, next two to three games for me. If there's no improvement in the next two to three games, this club cannot afford to get relegated, not least because we'd end up having to play bloody Bristol Rovers again, which, quite frankly, would depressed me more than anything else in the world having to play that lot from fucking hallfield pardon my french
0: well 23 (laughs) years after uh, 23 years that would just depress me me yeah Um,
2: yeah i think um
0: mark go on then
1: uh nigel in or out um Based on the based on the uh, on on the on the form, he's, he's he should be out the door. but we know, uh, Steve Lansdowne likes letting things drag. He won't do anything unless we're in the bottom three. But if we don't get at least two points from the next two games, we could be in the bottom three in a in a couple of weeks' time. Uh, it's as simple as that. I mean, the, the, like I said, we we don't we aren't scoring goals at the moment. We aren't getting many shots on target um transfers are more in hope than expectation you know loans cost money have we got the money to do it but i think we did we got to bring players in because the uh uh the alternative is relegation we're in relegation form we're we are you know it's a downward trajectory is but it's we're working we're walking off a cliff aren't we to, towards towards relegation we, we, we're we're playing like that at the moment there's no link link between defense uh, midfield and attack is all these little silos, all these little islands with a few little good perf- performances and, and the and the odd move. It's like I said, it's more an adrenaline than a, than actual skill. We haven't won since the twelfth of October at home. It's it's a bit desperate. It really is desperate, and we got all these great things, but we are famous for navel gazing and. Like I said, calling your training training ground a high performance centre was just asking for trouble, wouldn't it? Really, is uh, and then shortening it to the HPC for uh, for media purposes. Oh, I mean, come on, do us a favour. Just, just get results on the pitch. If Luton Town can get into the top six on their budget uh, with that little ground, I mean, it's showing the likes of us up in every season like that with with their uh, with their you know with 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 their budget uh with their catchment area can can outperform performers uh, you know it's it's, it's 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 pretty desperate my my view
0: for uh what it's worth i would have as you as you, as you know uh and thomas i'm, I'm not at all disappointed in, in what you say i'm more than happy to debate things uh with people and i appreciate not everybody's got, got the same opinion as me but where where i stand on it is that you should have gone uh months ago i haven't seen an improvement the club is sleepwalking and this isn't something that i i invented it's something that various people um have said to me and i won't name them because they they haven't said it to me if you will officially uh we're sleepwalking towards relegation we're um very very Somebody switched their mic off. We're we're very pleased with ourselves. The the club is totally and utterly pleased with itself. I listened to Richard Gould at a dinner recently, and all you ever hear is the Academy, the HPC, the Lansdowne family, and every everybody's so pleased with themselves. But I think we're going to get relegated, and I can't see. No one's been able to give me. A categoric reason as of yet, and I appreciate that might change in January, as to why we'll stay up. Because I don't think if we do get into the bottom three and it's a dog fight, I don't think we've got the players for a dog fight. Um, and you, a lot of our players are confidence players, and at the moment, their confidence can't be great. In terms of selling players, someone's got, gonna want them first, and on the way that Ours have been performing recently. I, I don't think if I was a, a chairman of a football club and my manager wanted me to spend multi-millions, a figure of 12 million was suggested for Scott and Nigel Pearson said he didn't think that was enough. Um, I, I don't see us getting anything like that. In, unless it was, yeah, we'll pay you that much over the next three or four years, which isn't going to make a great deal of difference, um, to us so that, that, you know, that's my take on it. Um, going back to the FA cup reflections on that is, is that, that draw, I would say is half decent because at least we're at home, but Chesterfield, uh, non-league side now, of course, and, um, uh, or West Brom who ran rings round us the other week, how do we all feel about that Thomas?
2: Um, I feel getting through would be a positive if we were. I mean, the prize money, let alone, would be 100000 if uh, if we were to get through the third round, which would make some difference. Not a lot, but it would make some difference. Um, yeah. But that's not the priority for me. The priority has to be the league. Uh, because, like you say, I think if we do get into a... If we drop into the bottom three, I, I think we're going to struggle to get out of it. Um, So... It'd be brilliant to get through, but I'd much rather focus on the league as the priority. Yeah. Neil? There's a
3: certain look in the eyes at the moment of Pearson and all the players, Ian, when they go, we need a result, we need a win. And I don't know whether you've noticed the way that a lot of the, the media things now, there's a certain, whereas before, we'll be fine, we'll be fine, we'll be confident. And it's just gone on a bit too long now, isn't it? And there's starting to be that look in everyone's eyes of the results aren't coming. So, yeah, that's why next weekend, Birmingham, and let's be honest, they are the bogey team. Birmingham, I think what we lost, I lost five out of six at home against Birmingham. And they've got some decent players. And I, it's a struggle It's a struggle for me with lone players, what lone players bring you. And that's why I say lone players rather than necessary permanent at the moment. Lone players can have a galvanizing effect. The last one we really saw was Tomlin when he came in in a January window. And it's no surprise that now Pearson's talking about a Maverick bringing in a Maverick or whatever, because on the pitch you just need somebody on that pitch to galvanize the players. Because at the moment there's not an awful lot of leadership going on on that pitch, you know. Listening to Matty James' interview, he's so quietly spoken, isn't he? And he's just like a bit of a mood hoover, isn't he? Really. I mean, Christ, you know, if he was on the pitch, you wouldn't really think that's, you know, come on, let's fight, you know. That and I, I agree with what Thomas is saying. You know, we drop into the bottom three. Is there a the fight in the team? There's a lot of young players in that team that won't have gone through any any sort of relegation battle in the past you know and and dropping in there with I know Chris is Chris on has made the point seven academy players in there. Do you really want to drop in and get in a relegation battle with a load of uh, academy players in there? I so we're just hovering, aren't we we're hovering at the moment. we get four points out of the next two games. You know, you put yourself a little bit up the table, but three, four injuries into the squad, geez. You know, you need you need five, six players to cover the yeah, injuries um, and to have the galvanize galvanizing effect.
0: For me, it's, it's we need eight points from the next four games. Um, I think that's where we are because then that would mean we'd need about thirteen to sixteen points. To stay in the division and i think we just about be capable of that if we if we could pick up those eight points mark um where are you on uh, a relegation dog fight
1: well based on form we're, we're facing one in. um we're relying on the teams below us uh not to pick up points at the moment because of of how, how, how poor we've been but like i said it is scoring goals now the next few games, I mean, um, if we were to get a positive, uh, positive results against Birmingham with Blackburn, that's a big if. Uh, Huddersfield, obviously, are down the wrong end of the table. There's a chance there. I think that game will be on uh, because Huddersfield are at the cup and I think we, we'll probably get knocked out by Swansea in a replay, uh, although that's on the fourth round weekend. Then we play Preston, who are poor at home. I think we can pick up a point, point from there. Um, they'll be playing Norwich at home. We got then we got Wigan, uh, before we face Sunderland. I don't think we are going to get eight, eight, uh, eight points would be nice, uh, really nice, but that means we've got to, you know, we've got to win, win two and draw two, uh, and you know, of, 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 of those, of those, of those four games. That's a real long shot compared with our, our form recently, we look better away from home than we do at home. But we got to score goals. We're just not scoring any goals. We're not getting the shots on target that we did uh, at the start of the season when we played with conf- confidence. We we played the ball at the back. I mean, you look at the two goals we got against Blackburn playing from the back and we look fantastic at times against Blackpool in the second half. We, we look good. But we just look completely devoid of confidence and unable to do that now. Uh, the team looks a mess. There's nobody, you know. Steve Lansdowne is home in Guernsey. Who's his de facto uh, boss here? Who can make decisions? Who can call Nigel in and say, Nigel, what can you, what are you going to do to change the team? You know, I've, I'll give, I'll give you some money to bring players in. You can, what are you going to do to change it? There just doesn't seem to be the will. Um, uh, both on the pitch and off the pitch that will that will's not there it's almost like it's like pearson or the management or like rishi sunak saying yeah i'm I'm refusing to say there is a crisis although the bombs are going off all around me but things will be better tomorrow because i'm sure they'll be better you know the wind will change and, and we'll we'll sail along towards respectability that's hope that that's not using science, is it? Or or, or, or anything uh, or, or, or anything strong. It's it's just keeping your fingers crossed so that open things will change. Uh, yeah. That's the worry. Nobody seems seems to want to take control of the situation.
0: No, I think that's a, that's a great analogy as well. Neil, do you think that will? Um, it- In terms of the signings, the signings we should already have either in the door or very close to coming in the door and lined up because Pearson did say he wanted to do his business early, if at all. Um, How confident are you, Neil, that there will be some business done? And do you think that business will involve uh, our stars and inverted commas uh, going um, going out the door?
3: Well, I think, I think it's a really difficult window for us, seeing because in, in a way, you, you've got a situation whereby where are you shopping? Are you shopping on loans? Or are you shopping on cheap? Or are you waiting to sell one of your valuable players, which will give you a different transfer budget? So when Pearson came out and said, I'm going to, you know, we want to do our business early. Well, what business would that be if you turn around and you, You get three or four players in that are of a certain level. And then later on in the window, two or three weeks later, you sell a player for 12 million. And then suddenly you've got a little bit more scope to bring more players in, but you've already bought three or four players in. So if we went into this window and we had a set budget or a set idea of the the players that we're looking for, then it would be a bit more straightforward at the moment. It just reads to me like we're kind of waiting for somebody to buy one of our players. Now, that doesn't lend itself, in my eyes, to early transfer business. And it doesn't lend itself to uh, get you know really having some sort of structured plan. At the moment, I'm teetering on the brink of thinking that we're not going to actually do anything until we sell somebody. I mean we started clearing the decks with a lot of the young players and the academy players going out and Riley going to Portsmouth and all the rest of it. But these these are, you know, fringe fringe issues, really. I think he's probably he's gonna have three or four players in mind. He knows the players we need. It's not gonna be rocket science like we've been speaking about. But is he gonna do lone players? Mm. I don't think so, because I think actually he's he's so pig-headed about loan players that if we were going to do loan players we would have been either where are we now is it the eighth today yeah so we're a week we're a week into this already i think we would have been on the fringe of getting loan players into the club already i think he doesn't want to do loan players so he doesn't want to do loan players so then he's waiting to sell one of our players one of our valuable players to give him a transfer budget to then go out and buy the players, but that's not going to happen until late January.
0: Well, which leaves been, us a
3: bit up the Kyber, isn't it? Really, well, we've
0: been linked with uh Raider Kadra, who's on loan at Sheffield United, but he's actually but he's, a he's a
3: winger, In He doesn't fit our formation. We play the same well, formation at no, the moment. I can only tell you, no, United, I, can only,
0: I can only tell you, we've been linked with. I, I don't know if. If they fit, I was wondering that myself, and also a midfield player called Atif Kanate at Forest, another, another young lad. So, Thomas, I don't know if you you know of either of those two players, and we'll we'll finish up the uh, uh, the pod with you uh, as it's your first appearance. Uh, can you see us doing the right business in the January window, and how confident are you that we'll stay up? Uh-
2: I think the right business depends on Pearson's willingness to compromise on his on his values about loans. I agree with uh, my dad about, about if we were, you know, I see with a lot of other clubs as loan players, they are hungry to play and they, they want to play not only to improve our team, but to, to put it to their parent club and to show off their ability. So I don't particularly understand the philosophy of completely rejecting loans outright. Um, and I just fear if we don't get the business right, or if we don't even bring anyone in, And we drop into that bottom three. I I can't find a way we're going to get out of it. So it's just about hovering above that bottom three. But it's not a nice place to be relying on teams below you to not pick up points. And it puts us in a very dangerous position for the rest of the season.
0: OK, that's a a great end to the show. Thanks to everybody for taking part. Apologies for Dave. He was having some technical issues at his end. But we've got to end end the the pod now uh, to allow Dave some time to upload it. So thanks to everybody for taking part. Thanks to everybody for listening. We really do appreciate the listens and downloads we get. And uh, good luck to everybody. And uh, no doubt we'll speak again after the next
1: game. Yeah, thanks a lot, everybody. Stay safe. Yeah, bye-bye.
3: Bye, stay safe. Bye.
4: What if I've been unlucky? Really I ain't gotta think. There's a time I always feel happy. As happy. As a king, when the red, red robin comes bob, bob, ba, and along, along, there'll be no more sobbing when he stops throbbing his old sweet song. Oh, wake up, wake up, you sleepyhead. Get up, get up, get out of bed, cheer up, cheer up. The sun is red, live, love, laugh, and be happy. What five and blue? Now I'm walking through fields of flowers. Rain may glisten, but still I listen For hours and hours I'm just a kid again do what I did again singing a song When the red red robin's out Bob, Bob, Bobbin' along When the red red robin Comes Bob, Bob, bobbing along Along, There'll be no more sobbing when he starts robbing his old sweet song. Oh, wake up, wake up, you sleepyhead. Get up, get up, get out of bed. Cheer up, cheer up, the sun is red Live, love, laugh, and be happy. What if i been blue? Now I'm walking through fields of flowers. Rain may glisten, but still I listen for hours and hours. I'm just a kid again, doing what I did again singing a song when the redrit rope is out bob by bobbing along.